Hello and welcome to Series 3, Episode 5 of the Hayward Flash Podcast. My guest today is Plymouth's favourite son, Simon Paul Thomas. How are you doing, man? Hey, hello. Nice to uh, nice to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. It's, mate, uh, it's, a, ple- it's a pleasure to be on. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. Um, you know, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast for a while now and really, like as you know, catching up kind of in preparation. <laughs> it's probably the most prepared for anything I've ever been in my life. <laughs> oh, I feel special. Like I ge- there's genuinely not many people that have listened to every single episode. It was basically ev- the only thing I listened to for about <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> and I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I'm now catching up on all of them because I just like everything else fell by the wayside. Wow, I, f- I feel dead special. Um, well, you should feel special. I just wanted to say before we started, actually, like thank you for kind of doing this. And, you know, the community that you've helped to build, um, you know, like the group chat we've got with that thing that we're working on that's top secret and, you know, just kind of putting so much positivity out there and kind of I've made friends with people and acquaintances with people through this podcast and kind of people that I wouldn't know or have even known about as a result of you doing this. So, like, thank you. You know, you've, you've created a good thing. I think. Oh, mate, that's, that's such a nice thing to say. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's, it's all good. I feel um, like people should be kind of like given praise for doing something good, which you definitely yeah, are. Really, and it's it's nice, man. Really appreciate I really, it. Really, really, really appreciate that. Right, the, 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 one of the main reasons I started doing this was to help with social anxiety mm. um, and trying to get over that as best as I could. Absolutely. Um, but it's, it's become more like now it's... It's the people that listen, and I don't. I didn't realize how much people listened to this and enjoyed it until yeah. I, I finished series one, <clears> the <throat> little break and whatever. And then they were like, I had messages of people going, Is, "Are you doing another series? Like, when's it coming back?" And I'm like, I didn't know people give this much of a shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think things like that can. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? You always put someone out there and think, oh, you know, like my mum will listen to it maybe. (laughs) Actually, people, you know, I think I've said to you in private as well, like the thing that I really liked about it was it's like a free form conversation. You know, it's it's not how did you get into tattooing, you know, like set questions. It's just people talking. And I think that's really good. I think that's an important thing that people talk. And, you know, I think we're all a lot more similar than we probably even realise at the end of the day. Um, oh yeah absolutely and i think that the 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 free structure of the conversation like i have little prompts and stuff written down because i just think it makes for you know just to stop me getting lost um and awkward awkward silences and and whatever else um um, but the free flow of the conversation i think like you say a lot of people have have said that they preferred that yeah and it's it, it's meant to be a chat, you know, like chat between <laughs> like-minded people and internet friends. It, 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 that's what it is. That's what it was always meant to be. And I, I think that's what I like about it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the thing that I've liked the most. It's just you kind of like feel like you get to know people a bit better rather than just like answering questions back and forth and kind of giving like an answer. It's just, you know, you get a little glimpse into that person and like it's been really cool. Yeah, it's kind of given me the prompts to message a few people and kind of get in touch and yeah make some new friends and stuff it's it's been really cool absolutely and i, I couldn't agree more there's i think for me as well like it's always like mad when i when people either ask to come on and, and want to give their time and want to be on it 
or when I approach somebody that I'm like, okay, well, this is like a big thing, like, like almost like I don't expect them to say yes. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, yeah, I, man, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I used to get that quite a lot with like messaging other tattooers, you know, like, um, not necessarily people that are like big names and stuff, but you know, you just kind of you think they're like really cool and you're like, oh, will they give me the time of day? And like, 99% of the time they will like because mm. we're just tattooers at the end of the day aren't we we're not like fixing the world well you do more than you th- than you probably think yeah um I was, <laughs> it's it's mad you know because we're not even I've not even finished series three yet which will be I think we've got about four or five episodes left until my nipple breaks up from school and then we we finish the series for Christmas yeah um and that'll be the end of series three. I've already had, I've already got like two or three people confirmed for series four in the new year. Awesome. That's really cool. Well done. Uh, thank you. Uh, some of them I'm really looking forward to. Uh, well, I'm, obviously I'm looking forward to everybody coming on. Like, but there's a couple that, I'm, that I've almost had requested from people to, to for somebody to come on. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's kind of really shows that people do really like care about this and like, yeah, you're doing a real good thing. So. That's awesome. I appreciate that massively. And without people like you saying stuff like that, I probably wouldn't do this. Um, but right. So that was a really lovely uh, way to start the podcast. Um, but anybody <laughs> awesome. that doesn't know you, could you just introduce yourself to the listeners, please? Uh, so my name is Simon Thomas. Um, Simon Paul Thomas on Instagram, if you must. Um, I'm 39 years old. <laughs> I am quite easily the oldest person in our group chat by some some mile. Um, I tattoo in Plymouth, um, at a shop called Living Art. Um, I've been working there for about six years, I think, five or six years. Um, no, it'd be about five years because it was just after my first son was born and he's nearly six. So yeah, about five, six years, whatever. Um, I've been tattooing for 11 years and shockingly, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, like in our group chat when we were talking about you know what was the first thing you've ever painted and stuff um, <laughs> I've been painting Flash in some way or another for about 17 years uh, <laughs> yeah uh, sort of MySpace MySpace was where my first bits of Flash went up <laughs> That I, I aged myself <laughs> by thinking about that <laughs> oh, oh absolutely MySpace, a lot of people wouldn't even know what it was yeah, it's um. Uh, I've I've been going through like old um like re- like trying to go through my Facebook and uh, my MySpace is gone now, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to like find the oldest possible paintings that I've got, and I've managed to get back to about fourteen years ago. Um, and man, I don't know why anyone ever took a chance on me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Like, I, I, I could like look. All my stuff has been documented mm. through the Instagram I've still got. So if people scroll back all the way to the beginning, like they'll see how poor my first, like uh, my old journey is there. Mm. Um, and so occasionally I will scroll back, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think again from listening to all of the podcasts, I think that's something that all of us really have a thing with isn't it it's you're just never truly happy with anything you ever do um it's a blessing and a curse oh yeah 100 percent. um 
so you're at Living Art in Plymouth. That's right. Um, how did you how did you go about getting uh, ended up there, and where were you before, and things like that? Um, so I, I, I guess we'll we'll guess we'll start at the start, I suppose. Um, so I was living in Bristol um, in my early twenties. Um, decided that I wanted to get into tattooing, and just really, I was working in life insurance at the time, just like desk job kind of thing. Um, but I had like a lot of downtime at my desk, so just started kind of putting together a portfolio. I was quite lucky that I'd already been getting tattooed for years. I was kind of like involved in the local tattoo scene to some extent. You know, I didn't, I thought I knew everything about it at the time, but I didn't really know anything. <laughs> and um, yeah, I had a lot of people kind of like giving me pointers and stuff. Um, I was like quite active online on message boards. Um, Google what one of those is, people. <laughs> they're, they're a relic of a bygone age. And um, yeah, I just kind of started putting together a portfolio and luckily i knew someone who was a friend of a friend from college um i got in touch with him and was just like listen i'm kind of i did i didn't ask for an apprenticeship straight up um because i was really scared and i just kind of figured i sort of knew as well from talking to other people that that wasn't necessarily the best thing to do just kind of like message someone i didn't really know out of the blue and just be like hey got a job um, yeah so I think I tentatively kind of like said to him like oh hey you know we went to college together didn't know each other but I'm kind of like interested in tattooing at some point would you mind looking at my paintings my drawings and stuff and he was like yeah sure very receptive very like critical but in a constructive way um, so we kind of like back and forth for a little while um, I just kind of like kept going back and like he's probably, probably really annoyed and <laughs> like just leave me alone but um i just quite tenacious with it and eventually i was traveling down this place was based in cornwall um which is why i'm from originally and um i was traveling down kind of like over christmas i think it was or like i was traveling down for some reason so i just said to him like you know i'll come in and i'll get tied um i kind of feel like that's what i should do you know you give me your time already so i'm gonna come in and like meet you and stuff and we got chatting while i was getting tattooed and um yeah just kind of like i broached the subject then and um yeah i, I did an apprenticeship there sort of for about six months it didn't go particularly well like we're quite different personality wise uh he was a realism artist as well and didn't really appreciate traditional i think um at the time and yeah like I had some stuff going on in my personal life like I'd separated from my partner at the time um so yeah I kind of like went off the rails a little bit and that kind of came to an end and then I put it on the back burner for a few more years while I just kind of like recouped um kind of tried to save up some more money so I could move um out of Cornwall again and yeah just kind of accidentally got an apprenticeship <laughs> um, up in Plymouth I um, I got tattooed by Adrian Willard at Plymouth Tattoo Convention and kind of got chatting to him a little bit about kind of you know just tattooing and apprenticeships and stuff and he set me on to someone who then set me on to someone else and then yeah it just kind of came naturally that um, I got an apprenticeship in the in a shop and um, yeah it was the best thing I ever did like it's given me so much I'm just truly 
grateful to be able to do it. You know, it's, it keeps a roof over my head and feeds my children. So it's been like 12 years at this point, kind of working in shops and stuff, or maybe even a little bit longer. But um, mm. yeah, so that's it. Um, I've worked in a couple of shops since my apprenticeship, um, like three different shops. But um, yeah, living art is, it, it feels like home. It's, it's a walk-in shop, like we're a street shop. We're really well established and everyone that works there is great. And, you know, yeah, we've got a good reputation and I'm just really, really happy there. Um, it's made me a better tattooer by miles. Oh, that's sick. I think that's one of the big things is like as much as you're there and you're paying money to be there and, you know, to have your space and whatever, you, you want something back out of it other than like you want to be able to earn money, of course, but then you also want to be able to gain something from it. Yeah, sure. Like um, I, I kind of, I, I'm a strong believer that you don't want to be the best person in the shop. You want to oh, be no. kind of like at the bottom trying to get better because once you're at the top, there's only one way down. Oh, a hundred percent. So um, what was your apprenticeship like? Because you know, <laughs> we're talking like 10, 10 years ago. Um, a little bit longer. Yeah. Like kind of like 11 years. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was kind of wild. It was, it was pretty old school. Like I didn't, like kind of discounting the apprenticeship that I had firsthand for like six months because I didn't really do a lot other than kind of like run the shop. I didn't do any tattooing or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, kind of went into the the second apprenticeship, just kind of like full of myself a little bit, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And within a couple of weeks, my boss at the time was just like, okay, you're going to tattoo yourself then. And I fucked it. I completely fucked it. It was awful. <laughs> um, so then I was kind of put back on the leash for a bit. And it was just kind of like, okay, so you're not anywhere near ready. You, you talk a good game. But, um, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, again, it was a street shop, kind of like learning how to do like running the shop which i had some experience in anyway um i've always worked before um tattooing like i was actually 27 when i started in the apprenticeship so i think being that little bit older really helped put me in good stead to kind of um just have like a bit more life experience i think if i'd have been any younger i probably would have just completely fucked it up by now yeah and i think that I think it's becoming more prevalent now that there are so many young people getting into into uh, the tattoo industry and they're being almost rushed through the steps. Yeah. They're on skin before, clearly before they're ready to. And they're, mm. and they're putting out, you know, they're tattooing the people, uh, apprentice rates, 30 quid a tattoo or whatever. And th their work is honestly like, you can see that they're not ready. Yeah, I think that is something that is a bit of a problem with like unscrupulous shops, um, just churning out apprentices. Like we have that down here quite a lot. I think it's just everywhere, to be honest, though. Like it's not one particular place. Um, yeah. But then I don't know. I kind of I used to get really beat up about stuff like that. And as much as I care about tattooing, it's also kind of like it. it I mean, it does affect me in that we have an oversaturation of people tattooing, but also. I can pay my bills, you know, I, I do good work. I pay my bills. I kind of try and focus on myself rather than what other people are doing, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, your work always speaks for itself. People aren't going to keep going to someone who does, yeah, they might be cheap, but they're cheap for a reason. You know, £30 apprentice tattoos of these people that have been rushed through the, the through the, the steps necessary to, to learn everything you need to know to be a well-rounded tattoo artist. Mm. You know, people are only going to get one of them a lot yeah. of the time. They're, yeah, they're not going to sure. keep going back to that person because they're going to see how bad the work is the first time and just go, nah, don't really want one of them again. Yeah, and I think, <clears throat> I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm sure most people that have been tattooing for a while kind of have those customers that they're there when you're kind of cheap, you know, charging 20, 30 quid. But as soon as you start kind of like asking for any real substantial amount, they kind of disappear and you start noticing that they're getting tattooed by like another apprentice who's still kind of on a cheaper rate perhaps yeah um, but that's fine like that's someone else's prerogative isn't it i don't know it's, yeah it's their choice of course and it is you know we're not taking choice and freedom of choice away from people of course um there is an ex- there are exceptions of course like like with everything and one that always springs to mind for me is jake newbury who tattoos under john um at uh happy land tattoos yes yes like he, he's he's evidently got such a good mentor. John's such a nice guy, um, and his Jake's tattoos that he's been putting out from his thirty pound flash sheets. Considering he's only been tattooing such a short amount of time, they're so solid. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that comes from like obviously I don't I don't know him personally, but I've kind of been kind of following him for a little while, and. I think it's just that respect and the love and the dedication to the craft that really shines through. Um, I think you can tell when someone really kind of like has decided to try and understand the fundamentals of flash painting, which then transfers into tattooing. Yeah. Um, you know, like <laughs> like you always say on the pod, you've got to know the rules to break them. Yeah, 100%, mate. And, and that's all it is. And it's just like... It's- I think that sometimes it can come across in a way that it's it's very much like it can sound condescending, and I can't I can't talk from from a place of knowledge because I'm not an art a tattoo artist. Um, you know, I paint a bit of flash. There are transferable skills, but I don't claim to be something I'm not. And I think that people could take this in a very condescending way, but it's not. It's just you know, in people's opinions, is that there's a lot of people being let down by people and it's yeah. a shame to see yeah i think a lot of people kind of come into tattooing kind of like wide-eyed and you know like full of enthusiasm you know i think i think genuinely most people get into it because they love it rather than they think that they're going to make loads of money um and be like the cool person you know because i think we all know that that's kind of not the truth <laughs> oh, <laughs> the matter yeah. really we're all just nerds, really, at the end of the day. Tired nerds. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's... Like, I, I started getting into this because I I had another outlet creatively that I had to stop doing. So then I was like, well, I need something that I can do in a sitting-down position, and it just happened that this was what it was. Something that I'd always loved, and, I'd, you know, I've got traditional tattoos, and it's yeah. something that, you know, I always had an interest in, I just thought, well, I'll give it a go. But the, as soon as I started doing it, there was a passion there. Yeah. And and even now, like, I nerd out about these, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is I'm like, right, what am I going to do today? What, like, what am I going to paint today? 
and you know you 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 always kind of have plans in your head and stuff but people get nerd you know you nerd out about a lot of things like it can be anything and for me it's just tattooing and for you it's warhammer ah here we go there's the prompt (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay let's let's touch on it then So you obviously have a massive interest uh, in Warhammer, and I do believe it's um, particularly with Warhammer 40k. Um, I would say, actually, that fantasy, or what is now Age of Sigmar, is what what I play more. Um, but yeah, like painting-wise and aesthetic-wise, yeah, it, I guess it is 40k. Like I, I'm drawn more to that kind of... Um, the yeah. guy that kind of... The, the main person that kind of created... 40k um like aesthetically is a guy called john blanche um who's actually just recently been in hospital so uh get well soon to john blanche and um yeah i i've just always been drawn to it ever since i was a kid you know it's it's one of those things where people ask me about it all the time because i'm like really open about loving warhammer some people that i know really aren't but i'm i'm just like it's got skulls and tanks and monsters and demons and you know who doesn't love that? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man! Like it, I I remember like I started collecting for a little while. I picked Dark Elves, okay, uh, from the original like fantasy Warhammer kind of thing. But I always remember going into the Warhammer shop and you know they like they got all the displays of the painted forty k yeah. models and stuff. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so sick. Yeah, like, it's just cool. I don't know how you don't look at it and go, fuck, yeah, I want a bit of that. Because, like, that's what I did as a kid. Uh, Just just seeing it in the Argos catalogue, just being like, fuck, I don't know what this is, but I want it. Yeah, I forgot it being in the Argos catalogue. Yeah, it was the the second edition um, box set with, like, the Blood Angels. It's, like, quite a... It might not have even been in the Argos catalogue, to be honest. It might just be my my brain just misremembering but no it wasn't in a catalogue I can't remember if it was uh Argus or Littlewoods oh the Littlewoods catalogue something like that uh, again you some some people are gonna have to google that I think <laughs> oh mate look, I mean people that don't remember getting the Argos Littlewoods and index catalogues at Christmas and going through and circling it what you wanted like it was the bible yeah I've, I've tried to carry on that tradition with my my two boys so um I take them toy shopping like kind of once a week. They get like an allowance every week and like, I'm really into buying toys and stuff. So like, it's a nice thing for me to kind of share with them. Mm. And um, so we go to Smith's or the entertainer and they've obviously got their like Christmas catalog coming out at the moment. And I was like, okay, boys, right. Take one each and we'll take them home. We'll kind of circle what you want and stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just like a nice way of kind of continuing that tradition. I think. Do you find yourself when you're shopping, when you're in toy shops and you're getting the kids stuff, do you find yourself going, I'm going to get that for myself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of finding as they get older, um, they're kind of becoming more in tune with the stuff that I like. And I don't know if it's that everything I liked as a kid is now being regurgitated because we're in like a recession economy. So things get rebooted rather than like new stuff gets made. So, you know, mm. like, Turtles is new again, and He-Man, and Transformers and stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's that it's just kind of more prevalent again now because of the cycle and the recession. 
uh, or if it's just the fact that I literally I am looking at turtles and He-Man's toy, turtles and He-Man toys, right now in front of me. <laughs> like amazing, they're just in my house. <laughs> I think uh, I, in I, the I boxes, think... in the boxes. Oh, do you never get them out <laughs> and like play with them? Uh so I have a, I have kind of two sets of toys. <laughs> it's so I have some that have like I've had since I was a kid. Well, you know, I pick them up at like a charity shop or something. They're unboxed, but there's certain things that I will keep in the box, um, just because I just like the artwork, like the original artwork on the the '90s Turtles toys is just incredible. And same same with He Man. To be fair, like I've got a couple of like GI Joe figures and some of the like Super Seven stuff. Um, so yeah, they stay in the box because the artwork is cool. There's so much like care and attention has gone into that. I don't want to open them really. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I I I genuinely get that. Like, I think we were talking. I I sent you something I saw on Instagram, and it was like the original. We were talking about the original turtles, like from the nineties, maybe the nineties. Um, and I I'm I'm adamant. I've still got some in my mum's loft. (laughs) Well, if if you do, and and they've got a soft head rather than a solid head, they're worth some money. Oh, good to know. Um, yeah, so I, I found a soft-headed um, Rocksteady, the little rhino guy, um, in a charity shop or a second-hand store. Um, I got it for like a quid, and it's it's worth a bit more than that. <laughs> but um, that's not in the box. That's just in a display cabinet at work, and it's quite cool. Like, a lot of my customers are men kind of my age, generally speaking, because of kind of the things that I tell you and kind of, yeah. I, I'm open about the fact that I collect toys and play Warhammer and stuff. Like, so yeah. yeah, I kind of have a lot of people come in and they're like, "Oh fuck, I remember having that as a kid." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, like get it out, get it out, get it out of the box. Like, <laughs> go and have a look. Like, touch it, play with it. It's cool." Um, for me, it was um, I went into game which I didn't know existed anymore, um, and it's like upstairs in a Sports Direct. Yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. Um, and they had uh, the Mandalorian um, Black Series figures. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and they'd reduced them from like something ridiculous, like thirty-five pound to six quid each. Yeah, um, yeah. Game game is a bit of a um, a treasure trove. They they reduce quite a lot of stuff. I picked up some He-Man figures for the boys because um, they're just like dirt cheap. They're like two or three quid, and it's like, yeah, you can have them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... And and I was in game, and I was just like, well, I got the last two in my hand. And I phoned my brother, who is two years younger than me. He's like 32. He lives, still lives in Birmingham. And I phoned him and I was just like, this is what I've got in front of me. This is how much they are. Do you want one? He was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> At that price, you can't not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, another thing that you said about getting rebooted, they did a second Space Jam film. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Actually. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. The only good thing to come out of it was that all the uh, Looney Tunes figures, which obviously great reference for for Trad Tattooing as well, um, they've all been like, I'm waiting for them to have that final, like we're going in the bargain bin reduction in our local shop because they were like two or three quid for like a pack of five. Yeah, I've noticed them in the entertainer. Yeah, they're they're like dirt cheap at the moment. I think that it's just cool to have them. Just to just for like I have a little <coughs> shelf that's rapidly going to become a massive shelf 
uh, <laughs> my desk and uh, it's um, yeah i just need to buy a bigger shelf now um for the bits that i've got on there um what is do you think in other people's opinion obviously you don't think any of this stuff is nerdy like because you love it but i mean what... it is it, <laughs> it absolutely is but like i just unashamedly why not unapologetically nerdy hmm what is okay, I think what is the nerdiest thing in your collection that you own? Oh, um, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure actually. <coughs> Sorry. Um, oh man, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. I, I I don't have anything particularly like niche. I just really like turtles and He Man. Like, um, yeah, uh, I've got a couple of books on like Japanese, um, like action figures, like vinyl figures. That might be, or I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to look at my books, my book collection now, like stuff that I've got. But then that's not really toys, so I don't know if that counts. But no, no, just just in the, in the collection, you know, in the the overall thing that you've spaffed your money on. The, okay, is the the nerdiest thing. Um, I have um a reproduction of Trypticon, which is like this giant Decepticon dinosaur that turns into a city base, um, and that's in the shop. Like still in the box. Ah, oh, still in the box. It's still in the box because again, the box art is like incredible, and I was just like, I can't. I did think about getting out one day and just kind of like you know, like a scalpel and just fight like real, um, precisely take it out just so I could look at it once and then put it back in. But right. I'm happy to just look at it through the box. Like it's got a big flap that opens up, so you can like look at it all. It's um, not the same. It's not the same, but it's going to be staying in the box. <laughs> Is there something you always wanted as a child that you eventually got in your adult life? And is there something you always wanted as a child that you didn't get in your adult life? Um, so, yeah, the real easy answer to that is Warhammer. I didn't actually start buying Warhammer until I was in my 20s when I had, like, my own disposable income. Um, because, yeah, I, I, you know, I, my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I had toys and stuff, but... Like Warhammer is an expensive hobby, um, and it always has been. Even though you know, kind of, it's probably even more expensive now. But um, yeah, so it was Warhammer. Warhammer was always a thing. I think I got into it by, like, I had a few models growing up because I was quite good at painting. So like other kids that played it would give me models and be like, "Oh, if you paint these for me, you can keep like one or two of them." So I kind of like built up a couple of little models, but not enough really to play with. Um, and then stuff that I didn't ever get. Ah, uh, okay, right. So, yeah, Space Hulk, the original Space Hulk, um, which is like a, it's it's still Games Workshop. Um, it was like a board game, uh, with Space Marines and they fight Tyranids. It's kind of like turn based. It's basically a rip off of Alien Two. It's like that the um the counter, you know, like the um where it beeps as they get closer in the movie. Yeah. They kind of just completely ripped off that and used it as a gimmick in the game. 
um space hulk goes for like stupid money <laughs> so uh I, I, I might get it one day but yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't want to think about spending that much money on something right now <laughs> no, i get that like we i didn't notice until you and me started talking about the whole warhammer thing i didn't even notice that we've got not we've got the warhammer shop in my city mm. um but we've also got like a model like a collector's model shop as well that's got all the warhammer 40k stuff in the window like painted yeah if you like i don't know too much about it these days but can you just go in and buy a figurine that's painted uh, no, not with Warhammer. You have to like build it and paint it yourself. You can't buy the painted stuff. Nah, that's like half the fun, isn't it? Like you, you can commission people. Like people literally do that as a job. Like they're commission painters. Um, I've got a couple of friends who do it, but um, yeah, no, you, you can't go in and buy a painted model. Um, I think you can with other game systems. <laughs> other game systems are available, but. Um, yeah, for, for Games Workshop and Warhammer specifically, no, you, you have to build it and paint it yourself. Oh, man, that sucks, because I would have genuinely gone out and bought one today. I mean, 3D printing is also a thing. <laughs> if the, you know oh, anyone like, with a 3D printer, you can just get stuff, like, pre-made. Yeah, that means you've got to buy a 3D printer. Well, they're becoming more prevalent, I think. Like, I know a few people that have got, like, more than one. Wow. Yeah, it kind of becomes a thing, you know, like you buy one just for, for fun for yourself and then people ask you to print stuff. And I think you can kind of make like a bit of a, a side income from it if you kind of know how to use your time wisely. Hmm. I'll look into it. Maybe the model shop uh, <laughs> next to um, the tattoo shop will have some. Um, are you familiar with the Thrasher King of the Road setup? Uh, no. Okay. Is so, that Crasher is in the Skateboard magazine? Correct. Okay, yeah, I, I don't really know much about skating. Um, right, okay. So, it's... Right, I'm going to try... This, otherwise, this question's not going to work. I'm going to have to try and explain it to you. So, um, so Thrasher King of the Road is like a scavenger hunt. They get three skateboard teams get given um, a week in a van um, with their team, and they get given a book with challenges and scavenger hunt type activities and they go around parts of america to get as many points as possible to be okay. the road so if you were doing a thrasher style king of the road but with tattooing who's going to be in your van oh man okay right so i'm going to want someone right okay so i'm going to want someone funny that's going to like bounce off me <laughs> kind of keep me entertained and like yeah just kind of vibe with me and i want someone who's actually like smart okay so before we <laughs> before you answer the first one there's six spaces in the van six spaces in the van six. i mean so the seven seats in the van but you're obviously taking up a seat <clears throat> six people okay right so i'm just gonna go with my my friends like my close friends so the three people that i work with um which is Sterling Grayson. Um, he would definitely be just like the wild. Well, actually, not to be fair. We, we'd, we'd have a lot of fun, definitely. <laughs> and yeah, so Sterling Grayson, um, my friend Lauren that I work with, who's buying me a pumpkin on Instagram. And 
she's like definitely like the mum of our shop. She kind of keeps us all in check and makes sure we don't go too off the rails. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and then there's Chris who works with us as well, Christoph. Um, he's just like a a Labrador basically. He's just like a big, fun, lovely man, and just put some sweets in him, and he'll just go. <laughs> give us some skittles and watch him go so i think the the four of us have got a really good dynamic um i think we do really well we work really well as a team and then the other two spots okay um can i bring people back from the dead yeah why not you do a bit of necromancy okay. yeah go for it um owen jensen just so i could meet him more than anything to be honest um and I'm going to take a leaf out of Connor Freeman's book and go for Stony St. Clair. Again, just more just so I could meet him, really. And I feel like if you've got Stony on your team, he's going to talk his way into any situation and out of any situation. If you needed something, he's the man to put in front of the person that's got what you need because he's going to charm them, isn't he? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my six. You've got one more seat in the van, haven't you? Uh, no, that was six people. Oh Three no, wait, no, no, yeah, no, that in, that includes me. Okay, shit, maths is really not my strong point. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay then. Um, does it have to be a tattooer? No, but I feel that if it's a tattoo-related scavenger hunt, it should be somebody that can at least. If they're not tattooing or if they're not in the industry, it's got to be somebody that can benefit you on on your activities. Okay. Well, you can come as well then. Why not? Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's just come along. Come along for the ride. We'll pick you up on the way. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Even if <laughs> I was just there to document the experience. Um... <laughs> come on, loser. Get in the van. <laughs> um, that's. I mean, it's a good bunch. Good selection of people. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it would probably be like pandemonium, but why not? <laughs> Even if you have no interest in skateboarding, watch the series King of the Road. Like, watch okay. one of the series. I reckon because it is just a bunch of guys that get on and they have fun. Okay, yeah. You'll if you send that to me later because I will have forgotten by the time we're finished recording. I will send you the link. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'll check that out. That sounds kind of fun. Um, is there something, a design or something you've drawn up that you've never tattooed that you're desperate to do? Anything Warhammer related, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Um, yeah, and just loads of like traditional flash. Like, you know, I, I, I never really do anything too out of the realms of tradition, really. Um, I do a lot of like redraws and kind of stick to kind of what I know more than anything. Um, I'll never get bored of tattooing eagles and snakes and panthers, you know, and like daggers and stuff. They just look cool, don't they? Like, if there's ever a time when someone comes to me and says, I want an eagle, and I'm like, nah, then I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, just just zip me up in a bag and kick me out the door because I'm, I'm fucking dead. Um, um, but yeah, like, anything Warhammer related. I've got a book of Warhammer designs um, in the shop, which I really need to add some more to. Um, I should probably advertise a little bit more, to be fair. Um, There's definitely a market out there for it. 
Yeah, I think there is. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people like, uh, I think the main one at the moment is a guy called Dark Wizard Berserker. I don't know if you've seen his stuff at all. No. He's, done, like, uh, he's really good. Um, he's an apprentice. so he's, I don't think he's been tattooing very long. Um, he's over in America. But he's really good. He's a really nice guy as well. Um, he's done like a sheet, a giant sheet of loads of different helmets from 40k. And like he just he's just absolutely smashing it. And there's like a, uh, a guy called DTA um, who does like the Warhammer frogs. I don't know if you if you've seen those. Um, it's kind of like your classic Japanese style frog, um, but kind of wearing like power armor or dressed as like a soldier in some way. They're really cool. He's really great. Um, so yeah, there is definitely a market for Warhammer tattoos, and um, I should definitely mine that field a little bit more. Have you have you done the turtles piece that you designed yet? No, no, I haven't. Um, I've done a couple of turtles tattoos recently. Um, off the back of that, and I did a painting for the gauntlet over lockdown. Actually, I think it was, I think the prompt was New York, and yeah, just straight away I was like, okay, going to do the classic Eastman and Laird, um, like comic style Ninja Turtles. It was Raphael, wasn't it? It was Raphael, yeah, but I coloured it. So the original comic is just uh, just done in ink, so it's just black and white. Um, but I painted it in the colours of the 90s cartoon Raphael. Um, so yeah, I tattooed that, and then off the back of that, I did a few others, kind of around when the, the new movie just came out, because I think it kind of reinvigorated people's love for turtles a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I haven't done the uh, the big classic cartoon versions of them yet i love that fact that raphael painting lives rent rent free (laughs) oh man if i've got it still i think i might have given it to the person that i tattooed it on but if i've still got it you can have it because i've got no need for it anymore oh sick i I can't wait if if i really need it (laughs) um if not i'll just paint you another one why not oh amazing thank you so much um what did you think of the new turtles film i really really liked it I really, really enjoyed it. Like it was again, it was a really nice moment to be able to take my boys um, to go and watch it. Um, yeah, they they had a great time. I had a great time, um, and we now watch it basically every day um, through a streaming service that I won't name. <laughs> um, I took my lad to see it, um, and my missus, who will never give anything more than an 8 out of 10, came out and went, what do you think of that? She went, 10 out of 10, I'd watch it again. And I was just uh, like, what? It, it was just great. Like, it had a little bit of something for, like, people of our age, I guess. Sorry to lump you in with my age. <laughs> no, no, but, no. Um, yeah, I think it just, like, the, the soundtrack was great, like, the old school hip-hop and stuff. And it's just like, it really, like, stayed quite faithful to the originals, but whilst also having its own thing, and yeah, it was just really good. It was just really enjoyable. And it took me way too long to realise that Superfly was voiced by Ice Cube. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until basically the end of the film. I was like, it's not Ice Cube. It's like, it's obviously Ice Cube. Of course yeah. it is. And then <laughs> so many NWA songs through the in the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> it, I, I think that the, the references to the origin, the original series for me and the soundtrack bumped it from like an eight out of ten to a ten out of ten. Like it was, 
it was so like everything worked and they didn't it wasn't like they were trying too hard to reinvent the wheel no yeah that's it it's kind of like what is old is new again kind of thing like yeah mm. they really i think they really kind of understood what made it so great in the first place and just kind of stayed faithful to that whilst doing their own thing yeah i, I really liked it which is good because yeah i basically have to watch it every day <laughs> My uh, my youngest is three, and he's at that stage now where he's like, if he really likes something, then it's like, I need to watch it every single day, Dad. <laughs> but to watch that, I'd much rather, as a parent, have that on constantly than have, like, obviously my son's outgrown these things, but like Peppa Pig and, you know, all that mindless bullshit that comes out <laughs> of the kids now. That you're just like, oh, I really want to blow my brains out having to listen to this all the fucking time. Uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't mind stuff like that. I, I think I'm, I've got quite simple taste, really. I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It's like good background noise. And if it keeps them happy, then whatever. I can't listen to Peppa Pig without making a comment about how much of a brat she is. Like, I genuinely hate the kid and she's not even real. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. Um. Plenty of Instagram questions for you. Oh, no. This is the bit I've been dreading. <laughs> um, we'll start on a nice one. Um, <laughs> um, How did you come up with your ideas for your designs? Oh, um, do I have to guess who um, asked this question? Um, this one, to me, I didn't recognise, so you can guess, but I won't be able to tell you who it was. Um, I'm going to guess that was just my colleague, my good friend and colleague, Sterling.tattoo. <laughs> um, he knows where I get all my designs from. They're just out of the Burt Grimm book. <laughs> Burt Grimm and Owen Jensen. Just steal from dead men. They can't sue you. <laughs> um, yeah, what like, I, 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 I do obviously draw a lot of my own stuff as well, but like, my flash is not really my flash. It's just, it's rip off someone else, don't I? Yeah, same as everybody else. <laughs> same as everybody else. The secret's um, out of the bag. <laughs> what do you think the next big trend will be in tattooing? Oh, I'm starting to notice that Japanese is making a comeback. Um, I'm starting to do a little bit more of it on kind of like people that I wouldn't have assumed would have had it maybe a couple of years ago mm. sort of like yeah a lot of lads coming in that i've done like black and gray sleeves on um kind of coming in and being like oh i kind of want a color japanese sleeve on the other side it's just like yes my man let's do it mm. <laughs> um yeah kind of noticing like in like the bigger cities like london and like california and stuff like maybe it just never went out of fashion there but i don't know i, I think i'm seeing it a bit more and generally speaking plymouth is a little bit further behind in terms of tattoo trends so I'm getting the work in now to like draw up all this Japanese stuff <laughs> and uh, kind of in preparation for when the when the levy breaks. Yeah, cool. Um, I I can only apologise for this three part question. <laughs> How much Lego do you reckon you can fit up your bum? Ah, uh, okay. Hello, Lou. <laughs> 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 um. The entirety of the Hogwarts playset. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, this goes on to the next one. If it's, few, if it's more than a few pieces, do you think you could fit an entire Death Star set up there? Oh yeah, and the Rebel Alliance base. Why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> and if that's possible, <laughs> do you think you could crawl into your own rectum? <laughs> uh, I mean, 
I, I talk out of my ass quite a lot. So yeah, why not? Let's let's give it a go. I'll try anything once. <laughs> oh, everybody loves questions, right? Um, as soon as Lou said in the group chat, like, I'm going to send some questions, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what unhinged shit is going to come out here? <laughs> right. Uh, why don't you sell feet pics? Why do- oh, okay. That is definitely Tim. <laughs> um, because I have really ugly feet. I've got horrible little pigeon toes. I've got no big toenails on either of my big toes because I had them taken off when I was a kid. Um, and I kind of joked about going on Feet Finder and just kind of like kink shaming people, basically. <laughs> you know, just if someone is willing to buy pictures of my horrible feet and do something unsavory with them, they're a bit of a wrong one, definitely. <laughs> um, but hey, if you want to pay me to do that, that's fine. Like, I can, I can hook that up. Oh, I'll, I will take your word for it. <laughs> um, who's your favourite dead tattooer to copy off? <laughs> Hello, Tim. Um, so my favourite dead tattooer, or my favourite tattooer ever is Owen Jensen. Um, and I do steal a lot of his stuff, but it's Burt Grimm, isn't it? Like, he's the one. Uh, mm, mm, it's him. It's either him or Cap Coleman, to be fair. It's one of those. Okay. It's, it's, it, they're like the trifecta for me. Those three are like, they're the one or the ones. Mm. Um, Favourite Schwarzenegger film? Predator. Pred- that was such a quick answer. Oh, mate. Predator is one of my favourite films of all time. I think it's almost virgin on perfect. Um. Oh, I could go into it. For, so we have an entire podcast of just me reviewing Predator. Um, it's it's great. It's just the perfect action film. Yeah, it's Predator all day long. Um, top five Warhammer tattoos that you want to do. Oh, okay, right. So I've got a really good friend of mine who's been promising to get uh, an entire back piece of a character called Mortarian. Um, and I am absolutely gagging to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd really like to just do more like vintage um, Warhammer artwork. So yeah, kind of drawn by like the likes of John Blanche, um, but done in a more traditional style. I think we were talking about this in the group chat the other day. Um, mm. Yeah, just like, Rather than steal from dead tattooers, just steal from old issues of White Dwarf. That's kind of a <laughs> thing now. <laughs> just like straight up trace that shit. Why not? Make it like more bold and chunky and Bob's your uncle. Um, so yeah, I'd really like to do um, just more Space Marines. Like Space Marines of any kind are just fucking cool. Um, more Skaven, little rat men. They're cool. And oh, I don't know. <laughs> Just, just literally anything Warhammer I'm up for. Just get at me. You heard it, people. <laughs> um, your favourite band to listen to currently and then your favourite band of all time. Okay. Um, so my favourite band currently, and part of the reason I have a sore throat, is Creeper. Um, and yeah, actually, embarrassingly, I'm wearing the shirt that I bought of theirs at the gig in Bristol the other night. <laughs> didn't even think of that 
um yeah they're just they're wonderful they're like i don't know if you're familiar with them but um i'll give them a listen they're um they're very theatrical they kind of started out just as like a a hardcore band um kind of like a spooky gothy kind of i don't i wouldn't say horror punk but yeah kind of themes of, of stuff like that and as time has gone on they've brought in more outside influences like Britpop, indie meatloaf sisters of mercy uh like a little bit of metal as well um they're just fucking great like i, I would recommend them to anyone like but they are very dramatic <laughs> um and then my favorite band of all time is the smiths Connor Freeman, you got it wrong, my man. I'm sorry. We talked about this the other night, but the Smiths are the best band from Manchester. Morrissey's a fucking bellend, but they are still number one. <laughs> okay, and that leads us nicely on to the next question. How long would Morrissey last against Robert Smith in the ring? Oh, okay. Um, hopefully really long, so we can just watch that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like who doesn't want to see Morrissey get repeatedly punched in the face right um, oh yeah agreed I kind of feel like he's a bit of a scrapper though I reckon really? yeah I, re- I reckon underneath I reckon he's, he's he's got a right hook on him um, and Robert Smith he's just he's just really nice and he's really cuddly but then I've also seen him be kind of like low-key a bit mean to people like into, you've probably seen the video haven't you where he gets interviewed on like I think it's like they're getting inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, it's like this really overly enthusiastic American lady. And she's like, Are you really excited to get inducted tonight? And he's just like, obviously not as much as you are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like shuts her down completely. It's like so the, the most British thing. Um I reckon it'll be a good fight. I don't know. Hopefully it goes to like ten rounds. 10 rounds of Morrissey and Robert Smith. Yeah. Um, um, I re- no, I reckon Smith's happening him quite early on. I reckon like second round knockout or something. I mean, that's also good because, you know. <laughs> um, when customers tip you in expensive plastic, um, what would you like to be tipped in? Oh. Hmm. Um, not Warhammer, because I have more than enough. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day where I would say that, but like I literally have such a backlog at the moment that it's just ridiculous. Um, ooh. Just Turtles figures or He-Man. Like, just, just anything. Like, literally, I, I appreciate any kind of tip or gift. Like, it's really not expected or... You know, just, yeah. Whatever you want to give me, I'll appreciate it. Never expected, always appreciated. That's the one. That's the words I was searching for. <laughs> um, and finally. Um, oh, God. Do, do No, this, it's a nice one. Oh, this do you nice think one. that all skull flash needs to have gold, uh, one gold tooth to, for make it, to make it look proper? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I go for one gold tooth and usually one or two or three sometimes missing teeth. That's okay. kind of like that's gen- my general rule is one gold tooth and at least two missing teeth. Like it just it completes the look. I think it makes it look a like, little bit more gnarly. 
It always baffles me when you see people with missing teeth and then they've got one gold tooth at the front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, one day they're going to be a really fucking cool skull tattoo, aren't they? <laughs> there's your reference. There's your reference. <laughs> um, so I thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. You're more than welcome, man. It's really good to chat to you. Um, is there anybody you'd like to shout out or thank or anything like that? Um, yeah, just again, the people that I work with. Um, so Sterling Grayson, uh, I think it's Sterling as in S T I R L I N G dot tattoo. Um, buy me a pumpkin. Um, Christoph Inks, that's K R I S T O double F I N X. Um, they're the three people that I work with. Um, just shout out to my kids. I love you. I'm proud of you. Hopefully one day when you're older, you might listen to your old man fucking chatting shit on a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it, I think. Uh, I've probably missed out like a million people. But um, uh, I guess I'll be, I'll be a little bit cheesy and just shout out to Mars as well. Thank you for coming into my life and making me happy. Um, yeah, that's it. Oh, lovely stuff, mate. Thank you so much for coming on and giving your time up. I know how precious it is when you're a dad. Oh, it's all good. I've done nothing all day. Like I've just been, <laughs> kind of came home and tidied up a little bit and had a cup of tea and some noodles. I'm going to go have some noodles right now. Oh, you're going to put them in uh, bread and butter? Oh, it's the only way to eat them. Uh, you know what we didn't talk about real quick, if you've got time? Go. Cheddar and peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, mate. That has been the main takeaway from this entire fucking podcast experience. <laughs> I um, genuinely think you're the only person that writes them now. So many people have tried them. Yeah. You're the only person that's rated them so far. I'm absolutely crazy for them. Like, I just really, really like them. I, I think I like quite intense flavours. Mm. So I think it's just kind of that juxtaposition of the peanut butter and the, the cheddar. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad for them. <laughs> my, my lad's away this weekend and I think I'm going to treat myself to a peanut butter and cheese sandwich oh do it yeah oh yeah of course because you can't have peanuts can you or you, your son can't have peanuts uh, oh definitely every day all day every day oh, I'm going to have a few I'm going to have like <laughs> an entire loaf of bread worth <laughs> it's going to put on like half a stone and it's just going to be cheddar and peanut butter <laughs> and white bread oh she's just oh yeah this is this is all working out perfectly in my head <laughs> right um, well I won't I won't keep you any longer then get to the shop <laughs> right you, you enjoy the rest of your day man thank you so much for coming on right, thank you for having me I really appreciate it thank you man see you later bye, see you. bye, bye. <laughs>